Hello, fingers crossed. We're on mobile broadband at the minute, Marty. This is absolutely horrendous. I have clockwork internet tonight. This is absolutely, totally, totally, totally unacceptable. There you go. But the thing uh, is, Justin, Justin, they have announced this week that we're going to get a major upgrade in the whole internet system. All will prevail. Do not panic. Well, I, 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 I like bullshitters, but I hate bullshitters when I, I smell them. Because there's Mark Kerr saying already, Eep, what's going wrong? I'll tell you what's gone wrong. They were working in the street out there tonight, and we're, we're not as late as we were one week, 40 minutes late. We're only 10 minutes late. But we're on mobile broadband on my phone, which you can maybe see is sitting over there behind me, charging at the same time. So it's probably going to be white hot by the time we finish tonight and boy do we have a packed show tonight uh for you what's up first this week marty as usual justin we're going with the news we're going we've brought this in as a big feature this is our news section where we do a few wee stories from uh, what's been going on in the whiskey world this week and then we have an interview with uh, neil Conway from the waterford distillery who is the head brewer and was man responsible for the first ever organic Irish whiskey. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, so it was nice to get talking to him. Right, fantastic stuff. And uh, was a special guest as well tonight as well. We have Mr. Michael McHugh from the Matt Darcy, this rather lovely looking box, uh, the Matt Darcy Distillery. And he's going to join us and let us know about his new book. <laughs> I got today. I read this afternoon. So how come you got? How come you got a free copy and I didn't get a free copy? Good luck and charm, Justin. Good luck and charm, son. <laughs> so, what's the first news story this week then? Because uh, we've got we've got to pack it all in in the next hour. Right. Here is the news. Today marks the day the Crowley Distillery down in Donegal filled their very first casks of whiskey. Now, they released the pictures showing them filling their first 12 casks uh, this afternoon. Now, the whiskey will be uh, double distilled single malt. That's what they plan to do, first of all. Then they are going to do some pot still. They haven't said what they're going to do uh, with the pot still. But you can see, obviously, you can see the labels and stuff coming up that you're bringing up. Now, Crowley is down in Donegal, as I say. It's about 10 minutes east of Donegal Airport. And the, interest, the really interesting thing about these guys is they, the stills that they're using. They're using ex-cognac stills, which are a very weird shape for what we would be used to in, in terms of uh, whiskey stills. Um, is that they, why they look so strange there in that photograph? They do. Now, cognac has to be double distilled. But the shape of the still, I don't know if they're direct firing the way cognac distillers do. And I'm not sure of exactly what setup that they're going to have with this. But these are the whole purpose of cognac and, and Armagnac stills as well are that they're set up just for flavour. Now, these are uh, Alembic Charente shell stills, I should say. So these are these are 
something new, Irish whiskey, there'll not be anybody else doing this. So okay. I'll be see. Now where they are where they've set up the distilleries in an old dolls factory, which I quite like the like thing <laughs> If anyone wants to, they can go on to the Crowley Distillery website and check out they have what's called the 180 Club, which means you can buy a cask of whiskey. Uh, it's, a, it's a cask ownership scheme and if you want they will fill a cask for you and go and have a look at their website a cask is about six thousand euros which is not bad for 200 liters of new spirit by the time you take it down water it down you could end up with probably about 300 bottles so you know would you do that yourself in this case would you um I, I, well, since since me and you are both tour guides and we haven't earned a penny this year, I'm going to have to say no at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> should, should should the government finally get around to giving us some money? Um, I might. You would never know. You would never know. What's this space? <laughs> All right. All right. Where are we heading next? Are we heading to Mexico? Mexico. Arriba, arriba. We are going to Mexico. Where this this story sort of warmed my heart this week. Uh, there was two shoppers who took advantage of a three-for-two offer at the Soriana supermarkets. Now, the supermarket refused to honour when they ordered, they tried to buy some whiskey on three-to-two offer. Uh, they tried to buy 2,340 bottles. <laughs> now, normally these, these three-for-two offers and two-for-one and all that kind of stuff have limits but they forgot to put this on the label so the supermarket refused to sell them the whiskey so they contacted profeco profeco p-r-o-f-e-c-o which is the federal consumer protection agency now they were called in they ruled in favor of the two guys the couple who were buying it i don't know whether men or women um and they ruled in favor now this is all part of the Mexican version of Black Friday. So this is uh, Buen Fin, the, the good weekend. Uh, so Profico ruled in their favour. They then sent an agent down to oversee them loading the pallets. <laughs> oh, boy. Filmed it and then put it on their Twitter channel so that it's a warning to other supermarkets and, and retailers to, to put limits on these things. So... They bought, they paid for 1,560 bottles, but got 783. <laughs> yeah. Some people, some people can do it. Some people can do it. The, 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 the jammy, the jammy swords. So uh, uh, from, from Mexico, which is lovely and warm, to a freezing sco cold Scottish island. Beautiful place. Absolutely wonderful place. We're going to the Isle of Rassi. Uh, up on the west coast of Scotland. Now, the Isle of Rassi is a tiny little place. You have to go up, you catch the boat across, drive a fair bit up sky to a place called Sconcer, and then get another ferry from Sconcer across to Rassi. Now, the reason I highlighted this is because I stayed there a few weeks, a few years ago. In right. the distillery. Actually, in the distillery is where you stay. Uh, it's an it's a absolutely beautiful place i mean the, the, i must admit it looks it looks fantastic is, is this the place you stood in here is it yeah 
that that's basically the view out in front of the distillery. That's the Isle of Skye you're looking across to. And it's just stunning. The, the people who are there are absolutely fabulous people. They're, there's it's, it's brought so many jobs to the island. There's only like 150 people or something living in the island. Excuse me. And uh, something like 100 of them are connected to the distillery via employment, whether that's farmers or whatever. Um, they they have they had out a couple of different and um, bought in whiskies. They bought whiskey from other places and finished it themselves. But this they've released their own spirit this week so it's a single malt natural color non-chill filtered 52 percent matured in first fill tennessee casks finished in bordeaux red wine casks so they tell you to expect almonds hazelnuts caramel toffee blackberry jam savory spice at the minute they're using 100 percent scottish barley but they are growing their own barley on rassi I thought you were going to say they're using the Swedish barley and people are up in arms. <laughs> well, Rassi's not the ideal place to be growing barley, right? Because it's extremely wet. There's not a, there's a very barren place. So the yields that they get from, from the crops are really, really low. But they've convinced the farmers to stick with this, that they'll buy it off them. They want to use 100% Rassi distillery or grain. They want to use 100% Rassi water. They want to store it and, and bond it there and mature it there. They use peat from the highlands. They can't use their own peat because there's not, I don't think there is any on Rassi. <laughs> but it's it's a fabulous place. And where you stay when you go there, uh, you, you go and you stay in, in the actual distillery and the rooms are beautiful. And they have a a, 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 a whiskey bar for you, a self-service whiskey bar for you to avail yourself of different whiskies. Uh, and it's an honesty bar, so you go in and you pour out your tables, but they have a lovely range of stuff. But that's honestly, if you're looking somewhere nice to go, when you can't actually go anywhere these days, really, it's it's a nice place to, to have go and uh, go and visit. And uh, yeah, look looks lovely. Hopefully, we'll be able to get next year because uh, we haven't been anywhere this year. Uh, let me see. Uh, we've got good news about last week as well, don't we? Well, we do, just Yes, we have good news. Remember. Last week we done uh, about the auction about the Churchill painting of the Johnny Walker bottle. And I, do, I do. Did did you buy it? I thought I thought that's why you were broke. You bought it. Remember we dropped the hint to tell people that if they wanted to buy either me or you a Christmas present, that that would be that would be a nice one. Well, some some one of our wonderful fans, one of them have have stumped up nine hundred thousand pounds to buy it. So I, you're I, kidding. Tell me you're kidding. No, 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 no. £900,000, that's all the base for a painting of a Tony Walker ball. Now, I have seen some of, of uh, church. I was I was going to say Hitler's paintings. I've seen some of Churchill's paintings and in the cabinet war rooms in London, and they're not bad, but I don't ever remember anything going for as much as that before. Well, I think it's maybe a Johnny Walker fan. It's, it's one of our fans, Justin. This is our Christmas present, so Secret Santa... Don't, be don't, ever, don't, let us, don't break the surprise. I wonder on Christmas morning. You know. Oh. He's up here as well, wouldn't it? Just, just up here. It, 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 would look, it would look nice just, just up there, just up there behind me there. 
but uh, I do, I do, I do like, I do. Churchill, very therapeutic painting. So, uh, what's next? Because uh, we've uh, we've still got a couple more stories to come, and I hope I've spelt this guy's rate, uh, name right. Uh, but he's he's a professional. Uh, is it baseball or basketball player? Baseball. He's a baseball player for the Houston Astros. He's a shortstop. Now. His name's Carlos Correa. It seems to be a very Latin American thing to me. But <laughs> he held he held an auction, or his, his family's foundation, the Ferreira Carrera Foundation. Um, they held an auction, and uh, the the foundation raises money to help children affected by uh, illness and poverty. So good on fair play. But what caught my eye about this story is, well, the foundation was actually partnered by Fabergé. Now. You can make of that, you know, children living in poverty, be it getting given money by Fabergé. Well, fair enough, I suppose. But uh, anyway, well, Carlos paid $55,000 for a bottle of, bottle number 17 of The Devil's Keep by the Craft Irish Whiskey Company. Now, there's 333 bottles of this, apparently, but no one I know seems to know anything about this. Um, is this it here? Is it? Yeah. Um, probably it's the one. Yep. With the it's it's a very strange thing, Justin. They have you can buy it on pre-order for ten thousand pounds. Now it's all a bit mysterious. It's, it's triple distilled, matured in American, French, and Hungarian oak. And if you go to the website, it talks a lot about lustrous calf skin, um, leather-like silk, which I don't know what that means, obsidian stones and a sensory scent. Um, in the first of its kind, we have captured the angel share, breathed in aged oak and creamy vanilla as the whiskey evaporates over time. This is known as the angel share and until now only ever experienced by those who walk in the halls of whiskey under bond. Is he Port? Is he Puerto Rican? Somebody's saying he's Puerto Rican. He could. He could very well be. I don't know. I don't know the top ball. Now, there's something a bit odd about this, which I don't. I, I I can't quite put my finger on, because. Well, I asked. A, I asked a few people, who would know this kind of thing, about the the, the devil's keep whiskey, and none of them knew anything about it, which seems a bit strange to me. Because the Irish whiskey industry is not very big. Right. So it's on pre-order, but they got a bottle of it and it sold for 55000 And it's not, it's not him paying that money for it, because it's all going to charity anyway, so that, that's fair enough. It's just a bit strange, you know, that you, you have to stump up £10,000 for a bottle of whiskey from people that you don't know anything about. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. So I don't know. Just I may stand totally and utterly correct it, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, and we're going on to my favourite subject now: cocktails. I do like cocktails, and uh, our favourite distillery, maybe, or certainly the biggest and uh, the. The oldest technically distillery in Ireland. Uh, we're going to go controversial tonight. Uh, Bush Mills are they've invited to do a special cocktail thing? Isn't that fantastic? Right, Bush Mills. Justin and Murray are going to Bush Mills 
uh, sort of a cocktail versus classic sued out. Uh, now, this this is open to everybody, by the way. This is this is the point. Uh, it's part of the Black Bush Stories series. Now, if you go to blackbushstories.com, um, you can you can see this. Uh, it's a whiskey hot sauce and cocktail masterclass. Now, the founder of Rebel Chili, Paul Moore, down in Cork. Uh, teamed up with Bushmills brand ambassador Lauren McMullen, and it's going to be a celebration of the fusion of whiskey and hot sauce. Now, this may seem surprising, but Tabasco have done this. Tabasco sauce is aged in uh, ex whiskey barrels. Okay. Um, and also, there's another interesting fact for you Michael Hanna, who it says on Tabasco sauce, Michael Hanna family originated from Antrim. So there you go. So, anyway. Uh, I've actually seen, uh, isn't it, that uh, Portillo has gone to their factory in, in uh, Florida or somewhere like that, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Remember, somewhere in the distant memory, I remember him wearing pink trousers, as always. Anyway, um, he's going to be revealing his Black Bush barrel-aged hot sauce. Now, it starts, there's 13 different episodes of this, so it's not just all crammed into one night. And it starts on Thursday the 26th and runs through to Saturday the 5th of December. Tickets are £10 or €12. Euro. Uh, it's only available to those in Ireland, unfortunately. Now, when you go onto the website, if you click on the, the events and then click on the, the Whiskey and Hot Sauce event, it comes up with a sold out sign. It's not sold out. There are two dates that are sold out. All the rest of them still have tickets available. So, if you see sold out, click on it and go through. Um, it's, it's a quirk on the website. I checked it out this afternoon. So, as I say, uh, it, they say they have everything there for what you need, barring ice. So there'll be whiskey in it, there'll be hot sauce, the stuff to make all the cocktails. So for you, that'll be all the, the, the sparklers and the glitter and, you know, like a strictly outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this. Definitely looking forward to this. There's Dale McDonald saying he picked up a bottle of Bushmill Single Mark, ten year old today. Can't wait to pour a dram. You've probably got some in front. Yeah, I'm on the soft drink tonight on the lime juice. I have. I have here, Justin, a bottle of Black Bush, but not any bottle of Black Bush. This is an old bottle of Black Bush. This is vintage. Uh, we might do something with this at Christmas. What's that space? Okay. okay. So uh, it's tonight's first guest, and we're about 10 minutes away from Michael McKeown and Matt Darcy's. But we're going uh, even further south uh, tonight. Where are we heading to? We are heading down to Waterford to talk to Neil Conway, who is the guy who oversaw the project to bring an organic Irish whiskey. So interesting, interesting project. We'll have to get that. Uh, I, I like a lot of what Waterford are doing. I like the style and design of the bottles. Yeah, nice. So here we go. So you'll never guess where we're going today. Well, of course, we're going live to Neil Conway uh, down at Waterford Distillery. Uh, Marty, it's a, a great week to have uh, Waterford on because they're they're going organic. Yes. We mentioned this a few weeks ago, Justin, uh, about the very first organic Irish whiskey. Now, there's a few places have done this, various other places, but this is the first time in Ireland. Now, back in the day, 
obviously before artificial fertilizers and so on and so forth all whiskey would have been organic um but now there's a, a push to try and keep this sort of environmental message keep on message as such and try and make all these improvements and it's all these little improvements we keep saying this justin only industry can fix these kind of things so it's all to be encouraged so we have neil conway from waterford who's the head brewer down and, and the production manager as well i think and he's going to explain how it all came about so neil hello hi guys how's it going thanks for inviting me onto this um podcast or not podcast is a, a, a live edition of our of your talk. Yeah. So Neil, how did it come about? How did you decide? Um, you oversaw the project. I'm, I'm writing that. I'm yeah. So from the very beginning, I suppose my my background is I I'm, I was a brewer um, for for Diageo for many years. I worked in Waterford Brewery, which is an old brewery, and I spent a bit of time up in St James's Gate in Dublin um, as a brewer in the in the famous Guinness Brewery. But I came onto the project in Waterford about a year after it's it started. Um, in that year, the mark had the organic growers lined up, but what I can do is I'll bring you through how he got the organic growers and why he's growing, why he got them to grow uh, barley organically for, for this um, Gia whiskey that we have in the background. Um, so, Obviously, you, you probably know Mark's background. He came, he came from Brookland Distillery in Scotland. He came over to Ireland. He, 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 was, he was looking for a distillery to start off, as he says, it's a, a blank canvas. He, he brought what he first started Brookdaddy to, to Ireland. So he wanted to get single farms. He wanted to produce whiskey from, from Tara-based barley so looking at the microclimate looking at soil and looking at varieties but within that on all single farms all this barley then would be would be harvested stored separately malted separately and then distilled separately so that's all the conventional single farms but on top of that then he wanted to look at growing barley organically like there's no, there, to date there hasn't been any distillery in ireland who has, who has grown barley um organically to produce an organic whiskey as, as you said earlier on justin it was or martin it was back in the early days obviously they would have all barley would have been grown organically and probably over the last 70 80 years more commercially um commercial barley has been grown and fertilizers have been used to, to improve yields and, and x y and z and, and by doing that we think that flavor has been was i won't say gotten rid of but you're minimizing the impact of flavor because because of the chemicals you're using. Do you so, consider yourself a purist then, Neil? Going back to traditional methods, then? Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. We're, look, we're trying to go back to see. Let's let's look at organics. Like organic is is more of a pure. Use it pure. looking at flavor. It's looking about side. It's looking at the microclimate. So let's look at what organic barley, growing organic barley, gives to the finished product. Um, we also grow barley using biodynamic techniques, but we can talk about that in a few minutes if you want. But yeah. first of all, we had to get the organic growers. There wasn't anyone growing barley organically. There was people growing oats organically for, 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 for different other for other products. Yeah. So we had to go on and, and source the organic growers first. That was the first job. Like it just this didn't happen overnight. This is a five year project. So when Mark um, purchased the old um, Guinness brewery in Waterford and transferred it into a working distillery, 
the first thing he had to do was, was source single farms to supply into him. Um, he needed to, to find a facility to store all these batches of barley separately. He needed to find a master that would malt all this barley in separate batches to bring to the distillery. So it was a massive undertaking in a very, very short space of time because logistically, this just doesn't happen in, in Ireland and if not anywhere else in the world. So the logistics side of it had to be sorted out first and the conversations over a six month period with farmers, with our, with our malting team, with our um, barley, barley storage facility in Kenny Dalton at Chancellor's Mills, all of these guys had to understand what Mark was doing. And, and then second of all, they had, to, they had to, to agree to be able to do what he wanted to do. It's not as easy as just growing barley out the back and bringing it in. Like there's a whole logistics problem in, in the background that had to be sorted. And and to be honest, we were very, very lucky that farmers came to us who wanted to grow. Um, Dalton's brothers and Kilkenny built specific warehouses, we call the Barley Cathedral and Chapel, that store all these individual batches separately. Our maltings were able to malt our batches separately through their bobby plant, which is a test maltings they had. So we were very fortunate that people believed in what Mark wanted to do and, and believed in the story. And, and it wasn't just a, a one-year, two-year contract. This is looking into the future of what the model would look like. So yeah. all these people built for the future. So that that was the first thing that had to happen. And then Mark needed to go out and look for, for organic growth. So the word was put out through our uh, master team with them, our master Mitch Malt in a tie in Kildare. These are the guys who have the direct contracts with the, with the farmers. So these are guys who have an agronomy team went out to the organic farmers and say and, and asked would would one even be interested in growing barley for the previous um sorry for the for the upcoming harvest which would have been in 2015. So luckily enough we had our first bottle there he had in a the picture there which is just Gia 1.1. This is part of the Arcadian series. So in that bottle we have five organic growers. Um you have have so, so who came to the table. Now that's that's a mixed organic batch. So to date we've launched all single farm batches in our conventional series of whiskey. So this is the first um say I won't say a cuvee, but it's a mixture of organic farms because these organic farmers couldn't supply us with enough barley to make yeah. one single batch in the first year. Um, over the crop years we have now, we have two single organic growers who can supply us with a single batch. That will become a single farm release in, in two or three years' time. But that that bottle you have there is, is a mixture of five organic farmers in one bottle. Right. You mentioned there biodynamic. Now, what's the difference between organic and biodynamic? Because I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure myself. Okay. So again, this is Mark's idea. This Mark obviously is a he, Mark Rainier has a wine back comes from a wine background. Half his half his working life was in was in the wine industry between France and the UK, and the other half was in whiskey from Brookladdy Distillery in Scotland and uh, Waterford Distillery. So the concept of biodynamics came from the background he had in 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 wine. Um, few of the top French wines that are out there grow their grapes using biodynamic techniques. Um, they believe that it, it enhances the flavor. Um, so Mark wanted to bring that to Ireland and see why not let's why not do it for, for whiskey? Let's let's try it out. So again, he needed to get people to hit grasp this concept and, and grow using bio, grow barley using bio, 
biodynamic technique. So what he did is he requested two of the organic growers transfer from growing organically to biodynamically. So Trevor Harris was one of them. He went from, from, from growing organic to biodynamic. And there was already a biodynamic farmer, John McConnell, up in, up in County Kildare. Um, sorry, County Meath, just near Slane. He was growing or biodynamically already, so we brought him on board. Mark also brought these three guys over to Alsace in France and, and introduced them to grape growers to grow using biodynamic techniques. So what it is, it's it's a step further than organics. It's looking at the, lo the, the, the lunar calendar to grow your barley. It's it's using preps. So what to do is put cow dung in cow horns and bury them in the ground. It's all it's all mad stuff, but hey, it, it works. sounds like the druids. It sounds yeah. like the druids. Not a bit of wonder he's near that's, you. That's what it is, Justin. It, and it's look, it works in the wine industry. So why not in in the whiskey industry? So let's try it out. Let's let's see what flavors we get. So again, that's that's it's 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 an addition. It's all about flavor. It's all about terroir. It's all about soil and microclimate. So let's see. Let's let's investigate it. This this is. Was, I won't say a project. This is an investigation to see what flavors we can find out there. They might be, they might be okay, but they might be fantastic. But the thing, but the thing is, with with Irish whiskey being where it is and basically still being in its infancy, if you like, you know, it's all it's, in some ways it's it's a, a very sort of constrained wild west because there, you know, there's there's it's open to all this new stuff because Irish whiskey never had this before, so. The fact that it's new organic products, biodynamic, single farm, um, traceability, etc., etc. And I know that for this is their big thing. They want to say this is single farm. This is, can be sourced to trace back. You know, it's like really good quality beef. You know, you go and you buy it, and you can trace it back to the, you know, the very cow if you want. You know, yeah. you know these things. Certainly, for a lot of people, this is really important, so they can buy a whole journey. And I mean, it's to Waterford's credit in many ways. Yeah, and it is, Mark. Look, it's it's it, for us. It importance is about the provenance of the barley and the transparency. We yeah. are transparent in everything we do. We share with the public everything we do. This is this. I I like to think like, this is not a marketing play. This is an investigation into flavor. This is about going back to the farm. It's going back to the barley. It's going back to the soil. Investigating what we can find there. And really yeah. understanding understanding the barley for me coming in into a to a distillery as a as a brewer that it was a new industry to get into and i was really briefly focused on right bringing in raw materials and you brew them it's all about yield and making as much as much spirit or, or product as you can with, with what you had this is we've completely turned this on, on top this is something not i wasn't used to at the start it's not interested in yield. This is all about looking at raw material, bringing it back, bringing it back to, bringing it back to the farm, bringing it back to what makes whiskey. Well, what makes whiskey is barley. Barley and raw materials make whiskey. Water, yeast, or other components. Right? Yes, wood does play a role in in the production of whiskey. And it, for me, it's all about the quality of the new make spirit that you put into the barrel for maturation. Yes, of course, wood does have an impact on flavor, depending on the types of cask you use and X, Y, and Z. But for us to focus on barley and a starting point for the maturation stage and understanding everything about that new make spirit, what flavors that new that raw material will will bring to the to the start of the maturation process. 
yeah the one th- the one thing i do really really like about waterford is the the design i love the new bottle uh it, it looks fabulous the blue glass the, the 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 labeling and stuff all looks fabulous um because i think there's there's a lot of people have went sort of standard and, and obviously that's fine but it's all about the presentation as well and yeah. when you look at it it's it's the little things that make things stand out and waterford all the different labeling and you know single farm batches and i mean the, this is going to have to be a huge project over a very long time and yes. um, to keep that going is going to, you mentioned logistics earlier on mm. the all of that is, is going to be going forward probably more of a task when when most distilleries it gets easier with age with use it's probably yeah. going to get more complicated yeah yeah and it is and look and it's putting the focus on because we st- started to start very early in this of getting the logistics right and, and on trans- transparency correct and being upfront about what we're doing is it's actually become easier now because we have everything in place now and it's easier now to to, to keep batches separate and prove that the was proved that, that we're doing everything we're saying we're doing all right yes yeah. there is costs in in what we're doing like organic barley is not cheap biodynamic barley is definitely not cheap and then we are, we're also using heritage we're, we're looking at bringing heritage varieties back online varieties that haven't been seen in ireland in over 100 years or starting to grow at ease again that has a cost you mentioned there then the packaging the bottling there's no point in put all this effort into the into into the into the barley then if we're not going to look after through the distillery and look after it in maturation and then into into packaging so we have invested heavily in, in the raw material the cask portfolio and also packaging now and, and, and the marketing of, of it as well so we, we like to say we've, we've left no stone unturned no. This is for this is for the, the future and the longevity of Watford Distillery. Yeah, I, I was down in Wat, uh, Watford in January. I just happened to be going down that way and I looked at it, and the, the site is it's a huge, beautiful way it's laid out. You know where it sits and stuff. Uh, I, I like everything you're doing, really. Um, it's one of those. Uh-huh. It's a sort of standout new idea, new concepts, new packaging, new bottling. You know, there's a lot to like about the whole thing. Um, yeah. and, and Martin, like we're under no illusion, this won't be for everybody's taste. Like this is, we're really looking at people who understand not alone whiskey, but understand flavor and understand that, that the differences that's going to, that we're going to bring to the table. The single farm batches, they're, they're like vintages in, in wine. It's it's that we will not be able to replicate one one bottle of whiskey versus like the organic bottle of whiskey you have in your hand there we won't be able to replicate that again because the whiskey is mature a bit longer in the cask then the following year's harvest may have been using a different variety the conditions during the harvest may have been different so we will not be able to replicate everything and that won't be for everybody's taste but it's for the interested person it's for the interested whiskey enthusiast that might want to know a bit more they might want to find out a bit actually what is organics about? What is biodynamics about? It's opening up the conversation between friends and, and whiskey enthusiasts. Now, open a bottle of organic wad for whiskey and, and have the conversation. What, what's this about? What's it made of? The same discussion we have here, like how did Waterford get the farmers and how has actually organic barley grown? And actually, I they mentioned biodynamics. What's that about? And it's about 
sitting down, enjoying the enjoying the whiskey and talking about it, and maybe educating people as we go along as well. And we hope people enjoy it. Well, well, it all comes down to people enjoying it, and it's all said and done. That's it. I think if you if you have that mix of you know environmental responsibility, nice packaging, design, a new a story that people can buy into, and then you've got a good product at the end. There's there's a lot to like about the whole thing, you know. Yeah, and that's it. Look, and we do as we said earlier on. We, we do everything we we say we do, and we can prove it as well. So it's not this is not just a marketing ploy. Oh, Tarawa and organic whiskey. This is. We're doing it for a reason. We're doing it for the benefit of the customer. Yeah. Well, Neil, thank you very much for joining us and telling Excellent. us this story. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Excellent, guys. And look, and thanks for that. If you ever want to know anything else about our products, just give us a shout. And plenty of information on our website there, waterfordstillery.com. Um, okay, guys, and thank you. All the best. All the best. Take care. Bye, guys. So uh, that's us uh, back in the room again. Uh, we're uh, about to be joined uh, by uh, Michael McCune. Uh, he is standing by for us. Uh, thanks for waiting patiently, uh, Michael. Uh, you've been waiting uh, quite a while now. Uh, welcome to Irish Whiskey Review. Hello. How are you, sir? Oh, am I in your picture? I am. You oh, are. You're thank you. I don't think you need me on after a while like that. I know nothing about whiskey. <laughs> do you think you would ever try doing an organic one, do you? You think I'd ever take a drink of one? I, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife and I actually opened a bottle of her 10-year-old a while back, and uh, we actually said, oh, that's not bad, but none of the two of us would drink a, would, would drink a whiskey if you, if you set it up for a good man. Hey, show them the elaborateness of that packaging you've got there. It doesn't have only one door. You have to open three doors before you get to the bottle. It comes on a little wooden punch. And it's got a little medal like an Olympic athlete. So it's like a gold medal winner. Look, see? That, that, that wee, hey, I'm going to change the, the level of this conversation. That wee necktie cost about seven quid a time. Because the first, the first sets that come out look more like like plastic than gold. And they had were redone in another metal. But... I was trying to get you to, this is the special box I have here. Uh, that's the 17-year-old box there. That box costs more than some of these other people's whiskey cost. But anyway, um, you were talking about presentation, etc. I didn't, I didn't order this box. I had a predecessor who, in case your viewers don't realize it, because the way I'm acting so vibrant and what do you call it, virulent, I'm 74 years of age. I shouldn't be at this job at all. But I had a younger man in, and he has let me down. And anyway, that's the story for another day. But um, he really did went to town on the presentation here. This little foot that, that, the, that the bottle stands in, that little foot costs about 12 quid. That piece of wood. Right? The wee neck. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm actually unveiling something that cost 500 quid for me to buy a month ago. There is... The original Darcy's decanters. Oh yes, very nice. Right, I believe it's the only one in existence. Um, it's like etched on it, and I got an inspiration when I got it, which I said, "You know, that bottle that we have, our seventeen-year-old. You're about to watch Tootin' Cameron's tomb 
on the other stuff here. This has got not only two doors. This has got four or three doors. This one has got four doors on it. And when you open it, you get inside into our 17-year-old, which allowed me to do the advertising from it. Surprised me. Double gold, blind taste by all the judges in San Francisco put this as 2020's best Irish whiskey. Blind tasting. All right. When my man that was getting it ready... He convinced me that presentation was part of the prize, but I can't <laughs> figure out how it was part of a blind taste. <laughs> anyway, if it's a blind taste and, and and they don't notice the packaging, there's something you've, you've, there's something badly wrong here, badly wrong. Well, that's what I was told from San Francisco. It's a blind tasting. Anyway, I am more than overjoyed at the idea of it. But what dawned on me is, is we only put out a limited edition of three hundred out of these. But he bought three and a half thousand of those bottles. That is Italian crystal. That's no just oil bottle. You see that cork? That cork cost about 12 quid. It has got a gold coin inserted into the top of it. The, the, the uh, labeling is not a label as such. There's the usual standard label stuck along the bottom. But that's gold foil on the outside of that. Presentation. Uh, there's nothing better pre presented in any Irish whiskey at the minute, I know, because the presentation of this pushed the price of that up in my predecessor's mind to 375 euros. I learned a lesson that my father told me. When he was 14 years of age, his father died in 1919 of the Spanish flu. My father was a, was a breadwinner. So he was sent into the town of Portadown because they lived in a bog out near Loch Ney. He was sent into Portadown with a, with a donkey and a cartload of turf. And he didn't do a jack and the beanstalk. He did bring home some money. But he mightn't have brought home enough, because when they got to Portadown, he, there were six other boys from along the shores of Loch Ney selling turf. And you know what? My father only got the same price as they got, no matter how much he needed. So I pulled the price of this product down to the next nearest 17-year-old which, which is not half as well. It's in a flimsy cardboard box. You see this cardboard box? That is linen coated, gold embossed. That box alone costs 70 euros. Wow. Right? Anyway. So it's worth keeping if you're a collector. Always keep the packaging because it's always worth a fortune. Well, Marty always says you should get the packaging, especially the Dunville's Mirror one, because the mirror is going to be worth more than the whiskey well, someday. Well, that's what's happened here. Now, what I got this idea is, is you're going to find out I am much more interested in business than I am in, in, in the whiskey. Although I grew up, uh, another story I'll tell you is all my family were trained tasters of whiskey because we lived above a pub and one of my brothers got drunk at the age of uh, seven. Everybody to this day thinks he's a great actor because the people in the street said, Mrs. McKeown, your fellow there is the best actor. He's fallen up and down the street like a drunk man. He was <laughs> drunk. Anyway, um, we moved out to the countryside and uh, we had a well. But in the summertime, the well would dry up and the well was used to pump the water up into a tank up in the top of the house. So my father would bring home water from the Blanton department in town. And what do you use? Only whiskey bottles. So we were pumping diluted whiskey up into the tank in our house and spent the whole summer drinking it. 
Oh, boy. Maybe, that, maybe that's why I don't fancy drinking whiskey myself. But uh, my earliest memories are my father, Blenton. Um, I, I, I broke a record one time belonging to a school friend of mine. It was Buddy Holiday, Buddy Holly singing, Oh, boy, oh, boy. Do you know how much it cost? Seven and sixpence. And I had to go into my dad. And my dad was standing in the Blenton store with his sexy drometer and all out. And his big copper cylinders, and I had to go over and say, "Da, I broke, I broke Paul McCluskey's record." <laughs> Look down at me, and he says, "And what's that? What have you to do?" He says, "I've to go and buy another one." He put his hand in his pocket, and he took out three half crowns. That's my memory of blending. And, and although in later years I was involved until the age of thirty in our family business, which not only blended whiskies. We also made vodka. We made vodka from a chemical plant in a place called uh, Cooley in County Louth. That was set up, uh, set up to, to make tractor fuel out of potatoes. And eventually some boy called Teeling bought it anyway. But before, <laughs> before Mr. Teeling bought it, we were buying potato spirit and mixing it with um, a syrup to make our own vodka. And it was very successful vodka. That. So I can't pretend to know nothing about the spirit business. But um, I'm not coming from the place where your last speaker was. Really admire all of that. And I probably will end up with people like that working for me. Um, what I, my role in life is is, is is to supply from the bottom. The boss is at the bottom of the pile. There's the hierarchy is described the wrong way around. A boss has to support everybody above him. And the story I like to tell against myself and for myself is in a previous business from now nearly 35 years ago, I was involved in uh, what are nowadays called the internet. Before the internet existed, I had created an online system, which is, sounds like an imagination, but it, it worked on telephone lines. And um, it involved um, providing breakdown services to, to motor trade and insurance services to banks and building societies and this fellow came to start with me and to illustrate my belief in, in what i'm telling you is, is he asked for a company car he wanted a porsche 911 <laughs> that sounds like my, i want one of those for the irish whiskey review michael hey I, I give him the porsche 911 and six months later he come to me and he says michael it's not really far enough up the chain I need one of these new 944 Targos with the XYZ stripes and the engines and all. I said, Barry, you can have it. Now, people say, Michael, you must be nuts. Well, it wasn't that nuts because what he was doing was he was selling our computer system to Porsche. <laughs> so, uh, but so I says to him, Barry, you're leaving Porsche office there up there and you're going over to Milton Keynes to Mercedes tomorrow morning and the afternoon you're going back to Bracknell to see BMW. What do you want to do? Have I had to get you three cars? <laughs> and, he said, and he says, no, Michael, whenever I drive up outside the BMW office, they're all going to come running out to see my new Porsche. <laughs> now, the more that story is that somewhere along the line of my journey, I am going to meet a young distiller 
who's coming home from Scotland or who has found himself in second place in one of the all nice distilleries in Ireland. And he's going to tell me what he needs by ways of stills and what he needs, and I'm going to get them for him. So that's where I am relative to your last speaker. I am the provider that is behind these things. And, well, really, you have to understand that they won't exist unless somebody puts the funds up for it. All right. Where I am in my project is that I uh, tell it in my little book, which uh, Marty has had the benefit of getting, but I tell Marty in my little book that I retired at the age of 69 five years ago. And um, in the little book, um, I don't like to say it, but it's kind of truth of it is that we had our money made, a phrase I've often heard. So I persuaded the wife to give me half of the money that we'd made. Wow. And she would hold on to the other half. And I promised her at the time that we would be up and running for ah, maybe half a million. Well, to confess to you, I'm over three and a half million spent. And I haven't, <laughs> I haven't even dug the sod <laughs> for the distillery. Because... I got fixed on this idea, as I mentioned in the book. Where and I was sitting in Fitzpatrick's restaurant up there near Carlingford, which is a mecca of um, memorabilia about Irish uh, drinks businesses. And she was sitting opposite me, and the photo is in the book on page 94, whatever it is. And um, I took a photo of a mirror in front of me. Hand in hand, whiskey, nearly county down. I said, damn it, that's what I'm going to do. I have a half idea how to get into this business. It took me a lot of months till I figured out where the old distillery in Newry had been. In fact, there was two major distilleries in Newry, all mentioned in the book. Well, better hold the book up because what do you call him? Um, what do you call that fellow? Does it? Graham Norton. Graham Norton's not here to hold the book up for me, so I have to do it for myself. No, I, I'm, we're holding the book up in three screens for you. Have, have a look to your screen to oh, your left there. Oh, oh, right, right. I'm holding out for you. Don't worry, Michael. Anyway, uh, it took me several months to locate where the old distillery had been. And I had the night I came home from Fitzpatrick's, I said, I'm going to look up what I should be doing about this. And I looked up one of these American gurus um, about how to market whiskey because she's, she's coming across to you. I'm a marketeer. I'm not a distiller. One of the things I learned from my previous business is that perfection is not actually the way to go. Pioneers get shot. <laughs> Settlers make money. I've been a pioneer in two or three other businesses. And the cowboys came in behind me with inferior products and took over the market. Anyway, back to that point. The point that I learned that night when I came home from Fitzpatrick was started doing a bit of internet searching. And this guru, I, I, I just stopped after about three minutes of reading. You know, as you sometimes do, you know, if you get a new toy, you open the instructions and you say, I did damn with that. I know how to work this. Well, I had one of those moments. And what the guru told me was, tell me your story and I will sell your whiskey. Now, wow. I became obsessed with the idea that the story was the most important one. And the story I have now worked out 
is a brand revelation, a brand leading leader. I hope Marty's got the page or the chapter two. Nuri is the oldest manufacturer of whiskey in the world. Now, I have, I read this today and I like, like this little bit. I want to read this little bit to people because um, it's extremely interesting. In the year 1144 AD, by royal charter, uh, Morris McLaughlin, High King of Ireland, re-established the monastery by granting extensive lands around the valley of the Cistercian Order of Monks. Now, it goes on to talk about that King Morris McLaughlin in 1144 endorsed, uh, chartered Newry whiskey. Uh, so it's the oldest authorised whiskey in the world. Now, that predates... Bush Mills by, by 400, 500 years. 400, right. Well, but, uh, well, what Bush Mills will tell you, I have the book of history of Bush Mills. Um, um, uh, Bush Mills, and I've been up in the distillery, and what they, what they, what they point out to you is that um, they have a copy of the charter of James the James the first of England, first of England, yeah. first of Scotland, uh, granting the county rights in the county of Coleraine to yeah. a, a Captain Phillips. Now, um, the definition, or, or what they also go on to say is, is the only evidence of anybody distilling in Bush Mills begins around 1742. And mm. I have a collection of their bottles out here in my garage. Um, and I grew up selling black bush and whatever, you know, and, and uh, white bush as we used to call it. But um, the collection of bottles I have out here all say um, 1794. When the company was originally started, well, the company died in in, in, in eighteen ninety five. Well, in eighteen ninety five, went into liquidation, and in their history book, they actually say that no records for that period. But um, the records from the Belfast newsletter, the, the business went into liquidation, and it was um, rescued by none other than Samuel Duncan of uh, Newry. Yeah. And uh, Samuel Duncan rescued it with the assistance. I'm going to go back to reinstate, re, re, reinforcing to you about the importance of markets. He he was a great marketeer himself. His brands were the native Kalevi uh, cream. You know where you'll see them? Every time you go to uh, Willie Jack's place or every time the BBC goes to outside Willie Jack's to tell you about COVID, on the wall behind them, you'll see Duncan Alderdice's big metal sign and the three brands there, Kalevi Cream, Hand and Hand, and the Native. They were all invented by, by Samuel Duncan of Newry. And he became managing director of Bush Mills in 1895. But he brought in a shareholder, a man known as Alsop. Now, Alsop was Lord Alsop, who was a brewer in the, the northeast of England, Alsop's. And he had 1,100 tied pubs. That's why Bush Mills stands today. Yeah. Because of the market opportunity that allowed them, they had overstocked themselves. They, and all these things are going to repeat themselves in, their, in, in, the, in the modern era. Um, they'd overstocked themselves. Uh, market didn't move on as fast as it liked. And um, there are always casualties in these things. Um, I'd have to confess to you, what happened to me, who I've spent so much in mine, my project is that it's roughly about, uh, I went I went down to rent 
the derelict buildings that you'll see in, in the book when you get your hands in the book. And here, you better tell them, Marty, how to get the book. Send I'll right, right tell them a story. Yeah. I'll tell them a bit of where you get the book. Don't worry. Right. Anyway, um, I went down, told the wife, oh, uh, I'm going to rent this old derelict building and it'll cost me about half a million to buy the equipment to get started distilling, which I'm sure any of these small distillers don't spend much more than that. But to get to get the, to get the old derelict shed, I had to buy the whole blinking site, <laughs> which in, which included a pub and a derelict site and an oil yard, right? And I was glad to do it because I needed to be in control of it. And subsequent to that, I have now regained another acre of the old distillery. It would have been two and a half acres in, in size or maybe more. I now have about one and a half acres of it. And haven't built on it yet, <laughs> but so far I'm up to about one and a half million of spending, just just to get the site. Because the man in the book told me the story was the most important part of the project. <laughs> yes, I, I, I read this book this afternoon. Now, you go through, and I be honest with you, when you when you read the book, I can't help feeling you've sort of fallen a bit. In love with the whole story, you know, with the the families and the and the people who are there, and it, 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 this isn't about whiskey. This is about the man himself and his family and his his, his successor, uh, Thomas Darcy Bowie. Um, it's much more about that. And I know I, I I understand what you're saying there about building the brand, but I can't help feeling when I read this, this this was much more of a passion for you than whiskey will ever be. Aye, well, it's much easier to read because of that. But uh, what you you may have missed out is that uh, I explain the whole process of distilling from start to finish. Oh yes. But but I don't do it in a textbook. No. I bury it into the middle of their lives so that you don't realise that you're being told about uh, the malting of the barley. You don't realise that you've been talking about the uh, the 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 the, the, the um, the, still. the coffee still or the silence thing it's all spread out in terms of the personalities and what i'm really pleased about it is that um i've had a lot of feedback from people who, who have no interest in whiskey but love the, love the story and would now like to try the whiskey which is it's probably a very long lasting um marketing uh, ploy but the whole point of it was I fell in love with that, but what you probably have to confess is, Marty, this is my fourth history book. I am a historian. Um, I've been in multiple businesses, but uh, when I sold from the computer business to 20 years ago, now what year is it now, 1995, uh, 26, 27 years ago, um, I came to live in Uri, and it was the first time in 30 or 40 years that I wasn't traveling or wasn't working to midnight. And yeah. I was able to then turn around and start to join history societies and so on. So I have uh, one of my other books is the book of Nuri. I needn't grab it. It's sitting here. It's a big, big book. Um, but I, I do believe that that's, that's important because if you go on all the whiskey tours, well, they're scraping a bit of the barrels of it, you know, but well, that's a, not meant to be a pun, but um, you go to like Jamison and they'll say John Jamison was this, that and the other, but they have very little information about him. Um, and uh, they've actually employed historians now because they, they sent out podcasts last year. That shows how important they think it is. 
yeah. um, that the story. When you mentioned that last, last chap from Waterford, you said uh, mm-hmm. we all, all need our story. So I'm a bit overboard on the story at the minute. Um, and um, a strange thing to say is, is the older I've got, the more patient I've got. You know, we all think old people are grumpy, but I'm not old. I'm only 45 inside, you know. But um, yeah. Justin's grumpy and he's old. <laughs> uh, I'm not even 45 yet. Listen, Marty always says it's about the history, it's about the story. Uh, I mean, ha, 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 what, are you... what I say is you buy into the story. The, the spirit has to be good. There's no point in building the, the building a nice brand and a nice story and putting out bad whiskey. That's not going to work. But when yeah. the background and buy into the story and the packaging and the marketing and you take it all on board and it all sort of fits and gels well and the whiskey's good. Then they've got a good product. Yeah. Never... Well, what happened them idiots in, in San Francisco that gave us a double gold for this whiskey? Marty, you know what I'd like you to do sometime because I, my wife says this is not nice to do. I would like, you to, I would like you to publish who was second, third, and fourth. <laughs> no problem. I, I, I find out. If I find out, I'll, I'll publish it. No problem at all. Wouldn't cost me a thought. It's not hard to find out. I'll send you the list. <laughs> well, just funny whenever you say about historians, and in the book you talk about Jonathan Barden. So I, I jumped into history of Ulster, the, the only book worth reading about um, the whole of Ulster. And um, he brings up. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It says here, nearly all the barley in the northwest was grown for making whiskey. And by the 1780s, there were no fewer than 40 legal distillery, distillers in the county Londonderry, with coal range second only to Dublin in importance. After 1779, the Irish Parliament, in an attempt to boost sales of beer and stout, jacked up the excise duty on spirits, leaving only Newry and Belfast with legal distilleries by the beginning of the 19th century. So it says there, Newry and Belfast. So... There you hey, go. But, hey, but we were having one of them competitions. I don't like to give an impolite word to it, but um happens after you've had too much strength. But um one of those competitions on the 1770s, and they're only children compared to Newry. Hmm. But it's, it's interesting because I mean Jonathan unfortunately passed away at the start of the year. Yeah. But uh, it's it's interesting that he even highlights that Newry and Belfast were were the yeah, same. Yeah. You know, you know, people think about obviously Belfast, but Newry obviously played a huge part in that. Right. Well, I like, I like to be controversial this time. Belfast was a swamp when Newry was a city. <laughs> Good. That, that's absolutely true. That that that's true. It wasn't until the customs charter went from Carrick Fergus to Belfast that things started to change. Yeah. Well, what happened, Newry? But your your deviation is Newry is away inland. And whenever metal ships arrived, Newry was outclassed. Yeah. You couldn't get them up into Newry. And that's where Belfast took over and Harlan Wolf uh, put out there. And they had loads of big, big white space to, to, to build out to reclaim what we know as Queen's Island. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, that's a different story. But anyway, back to your whiskey stories. Um, what, what, what I did was is, um, I had instructed my, my predecessor to stay in the premium levels because I didn't want to be selling whiskey in Littles. Right? However, yeah. I, have, I have now done um, what is common nowadays. I've now done a U-turn. 
And as the saying goes, you turn if you want to. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> oh, you turn if you want to. Very good. And uh, to to reinforce uh, the, the this news that uh, Nuri is here along and everybody, I've put out Old Nuri Whiskey incorporating a piece of um, the Darcy advert. And guess what? Just be excited with this. As well as giving 500 quid to that two months ago, I eventually found an original one of these. Now, wow. Okay. Wow. Right. That cost me just 200 euros in an auction. But it's an original because it was last framed in 1966. But anyway, I have just appeared. This is this is how um Excuse me for letting me get away with running myself, and uh, I, I, I must be due for a fall, you know, because I'm getting too big-headed. But here is how you do subliminal marketing. That magazine there is called History Ireland. Okay. And guess what the article is in the page six of it this month? Is it something about something about Matt Darcy Baskey? Is it what? It's a page and a half about Matt Darcy's whiskey. But it's not about, <laughs> it's not about Matt Darcy's whiskey. I, I, I sent a poster to a historian friend of mine who's the sub-editor in this magazine. Goes out all over Ireland, you know. It's, and mm -hmm. What he has written about is the symbolism in this poster. Oh, cool. Right? And um, so... I'm going to try and get it replicated, and God help poor Eamon Phoenix in the Irish News. He might get pushed off. <laughs> ah, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> anyway, one last thing I want to tell you before you ask me intimidating questions. Oh, you didn't let me finish where I spent the rest of my money. My brother, who stayed, died last year, he's not here to help me. He arrived up in Newry about two and a half years ago, and I says, Frankie, He's the one who was in the wines and spirit business. Like we used to have 12 off licenses, five of them on the Lisbon Road alone. They're now part of Wine Flare, you know. But uh, and we had uh, pubs and an hotel and that and a wholesale business. But Frankie was the leader of that you know, all our lives. But he arrived up in Uri to ask me what he was doing. I says, Frankie, I'm going to take my time. He says, How are you going to sell the whiskey? I says, Frankie, I never said I was going to sell any whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> He says, what do you mean? I says, look, I've ended up buying a big piece of property here. And I'm not going to build a big mega distillery. I'm be worried about um, whenever there's a glut happens. And I'm not going to be worried about having too much of it. I just want to make a nice way amount to re recreate the industry here. Yeah. And this I've got, I bought a, a bar with a license, an on and off license on it. And I had at that stage about a third of an acre. And he says, there's a big car park out the back here, and I need that car park to park the buses in because I ain't going to pull the tourists off that. The thing that's attracting me most here is recreating the industry and making a tourist attraction to Newry. And he says, well, what about the whiskey? I says, I'm going to make enough out of the bar and the restaurant and the visitor centre. I don't need to sell any of the whiskey. <laughs> I have enough coming out of that. I'm not going to make gin. Everybody's rushing around to try and find a cash crop. I don't don't need a crash cap crash cop crop, Frankie. I'm going to make money out of the visitors and the, the pub and the restaurant. Right. The one thing I say 
is because I just want to tell them where they can get this book because we are on a little bit of a time oh, constraint right. these things go. I want to just tell them if anybody wants to buy this book, and I, I can thoroughly recommend this. It's a it's a story of whiskey, but it's a story of Newry and 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 South Down and lots of different stuff. It's a, a, the illustrations on it are really really beautiful, really nice. Um, buy it from the Wee Bookworms Club in Newry. No, 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 no. Just write to me, info at, info at mattdarcy's.com. Info at mattdarcy's. They'll, they'll oh, take it. That's much easier. But, Marty, I have to tell you that as quickly as you can. Frankie says to me, Michael, you're wrong. You need to get yourself known in the market. So that blew up an all million and a half. I have a million and a half of stock and bond. Right? For what we put out in these three iterations here, I haven't even... Dented the edge of the bars. Aye. I have me for another eight to ten years, and what I had seventeen year old is now nineteen year old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like guess you've. I, I think we could sit and listen to you all night, but unfortunately we can't because we've got a certain time constraint. Uh, we're limited to an hour, and we've already shot through that. Isn't that right, Justin? We are indeed, because we'll put the, this out on Instagram as well, and they only let us do an hour. But don't worry, we'll edit out the uh, bit at the start, and we'll focus on uh, Matt Darcy and the fabulous Michael McKeown. And Donna is saying, uh, tell Michael, I'll divvy him up a few shillings. There you go. I haven't time to read all these things, but um, I might be out looking for it soon. <laughs> uh, here, Peter McCabe says he's looking forward to the three-hour Christmas special podcast with Michael McEwen. We could do a three-hour. We, we could do a three-hour special with you. Uh, look, uh, M uh, Michael Matthews is saying I'll have to buy that book. What a legend! Wonderful. Uh, Julie Mason is saying thank you all for another great show. Yep, there you go. I'm sure one of those books will be winging its way to Texas, the Lone Star State. And uh, well, thanks to everybody that's been watching tonight. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, do we have anything else to tell them about next week, Marty, or something like that? Do we? We we have, we, we we may be talking to, to another interesting character next week. Uh, watch this space. Uh, we we ha hand lined up some another guest and. It didn't quite work out, so we're going to try and get that one her on next week as well. So I, I think we're honestly, I Michael has been just a revelation. He uh, he's, he's showing up that Matt Darcy posted the whiskey. This is good quality whiskey. I, I reviewed it for the Sunday Life. It's on the website and so on and so forth. Um, get this book; it's really really good. And Michael, thank you so much. You've been an absolute treasure. I, I noticed my brother there, who's a broadcaster known to you two boys, and he's put up a note there that says, do you know he's one of the quiet ones in the family? I've seen that. Yes, I've seen that. I put that up on the screen. I did. I did. You're getting, actually, Conor O'Hara was saying, Old Newry Whiskey is on my top five of international whiskeys list. So there you go. Uh, and, and Michael's saying, uh, uh, another Michael, Michael Matthews, this whiskey business is full of great characters. Yes, it not only comes in the bottle, it comes in person as well. Uh, Frank Heron saying, very interesting and informative show. Yes, a fabulous night tonight. Michael, I have a feeling we'll be talking to you again sometime soon. Hopefully when this all thing lifts, we'll get a we'll get a chance to get down and get sterilized from the coronavirus <laughs> in Matt Darcy's distillery. Last thing is tell them people to go out into their off licenses during lockdown 
and demand old Neary whiskey and Darcy's. You've you've just done it. Good night. God bless. Take talk to you again. Same time, ten o'clock next week. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>